Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news questions and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me, as always, is Jeremy Bradditch. <laughs> Hello, Kerry. Hi. Now I feel like I can't not say it. You know what I mean? Like, I've been called out of my <laughs> accidental biases. I, I, I was listening to that part. Um, as I was doing the edit and I forgot like how funny that was because it was so like, it was so pointed. It was pointed, <laughs> it, but it, it, was it so caught directed. me totally off guard, but also I knew yep. exactly what you were talking about. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeremy, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, you may hear the difference in my voice, but I'm speaking to you with my new glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, it's been a, it's been a weird week, but yeah, no, I've, a, I've got new gla- I've got new glasses week. for the first time in eight years. That's too long. Why? What do you mean why? It's not like pillows, Jeremy. It's kind of exactly like pillows. It's you're exactly to, you're not to, like pillows. You're supposed to get a new. You're supposed to get an eye test every two years. I had I had an eye twist. Uh, twist. I had an eye test I, between I the time when I got my last pair of glasses and this pair of glasses. Okay, all right. That's, I had that's, I had an eye test four years ago, and between then and now, I've been broke. Yeah, no, like I I get it. Just eye tests are free. <laughs> um, they are free. Yeah. But what am um, I going to do if I? If, well, like, why would I go get an eye test when if the potential answer is them telling me I need to get new prescription, so I need to get new glasses, and I'm not willing to pay the money for it? I'm just going to go there, and they need to tell me I pay money, and I'm going to tell them I'm not prepared to do that. It's much better to wait eight years. <laughs> yeah, there's no middle ground. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I remember when I got my eyes tested uh, last year, Yeah. Um, when I got my new glasses, and it had been about seven years since I did my last eye test. Since you had a test? Um, what, what are you wailing on me for? I'm wailing on you because I know. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, the doctor was like, hey, like, so when was the last time you got your eyes test? I'm like, mm, I don't, don't remember. Don't ask and he's me like, that Let question. Me, he's like, let me look up your file. And he's like, oh, that's way too long. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do it way more frequent than that for someone who wears glasses 24-7. Um, How... How different was the prescription for you? So, so he said the magical words to me, which was, your prescription has degraded to the appropriate and expected amount that it should have. For the amount of time it's been. Yeah, like over the time it's been. So like my eyes went damaged because of it, but like it was like, a you know, like your eyes have gotten worse, but this is like on track to where they should be going. Yeah, they, they would of- have been this worse whether you'd. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it's interesting talking to my optometrist in there, and she was like, "Yeah, no, like, this isn't gonna like if like if you kept wearing your old ones, like, I only mm. needed a minor bump up in these." And she was yeah. like, "If you kept wearing your old ones, it's not gonna make your eyes worse. It's just gonna make your life easier. You're like, you're gonna have a little bit more energy because your eyes are working a bit less hard to look at literally everything that you're looking at." Yeah, it's like, yes, you know what? That sounds pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would like more energy. Yeah. I'd like to pay for more energy in my I would day. like for my eyes to be working less hard considering that I'm staring at a computer monitor five days a week for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, uh, video games, right? Uh, this. Speaking of staring at monitors, um, this is a podcast about video games. You can't stare at your monitor to listen <laughs> to this podcast, but you can stare at this podcast with your ears. And then the, the danger of you say. saying that phrase, the danger of you saying that phrase, Kerry, is that that's what I called last week's episode. What was it? Uh, Mini Mavcast ninety six. It's a pot. It's a show about video games. Is what oh. I called it. I do. I, I I did remember that you did that. We've got a we've got a name like a a name a suggested name in the doc called Kerry's Controller Crimes. Oh yeah, that was when you were talking about your claw maneuver. Yeah, my, my in double Ring. claw Xbox Elden Ring uh, yeah. ergonomics. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go along with that one. I, I, I can tell. That's all right. We'll, we'll we'll keep it there. We'll just put it into the name of another episode at some point, r- randomly. <laughs> one we can't think of an episode name for. <laughs> just put in Carrie's controller crimes. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Gone so wild. Get... Pardon. Gone wild in big brackets and bold font. What? Like to get clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Just put, just put triple X at the end of it while you're there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you weren't aware, this is minimap.com.au's weekly podcast. We're going to talk about video games. We're talking about things we've been playing. Uh, the topic of the show this week as well, that we'll be talking about after the break, unless we don't take long enough to have a break, but you know us. Um, is we're, we're going to be talking about our most some of our most memorable E3 moments. Um, obviously not moments that we have contributed to at E3 because we haven't contributed to any E3 moments. Uh, oh. oh, I've had some tweets that did some numbers. <laughs> Pardon me, my take the bins out alarm is going off. Um, <laughs> you, had some that you, you, you contributed to the E3 discourse, did you, and the coverage? Oh, I took some screenshots of some trailers before Nibel did. Ooh. <laughs> got in got in real quick that my tweet was the one that did the numbers. Take that. He's Nibel. always does numbers, but uh so yeah, we're gonna be talking about our our most memorable E3 moments. Uh if you want to support the show, you can give this show a positive rating on whatever platform you get your podcasts. Uh whether that's just like a tick, like a plus a subscribe. Some of them have an actual rating on there as well. On iTunes, you can even add, like, words. So if you want to engage with any of that, helps out our podcast a lot. Uh, unless do. you've only got bad things to say, in which case you don't have to say them. That's fine. You'll be happier for not having thought about the angry things you wanted to say and will be happier because yeah. you didn't say them. So, or, just, or just lie if you have bad things to say. Yeah, just, just, just think about a podcast you do like, write a review for them, and then just post it for us. Yeah. Even if it's not about video games. Yeah, true. maybe not that. Maybe people might catch on at that point. Um, <laughs> uh, we also wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D Improv as the music for the Minimap Cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music, uh, more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Um, we're also on Patreon, but we'll tell you a bit more about that at the end of the episode. Five bucks. Five bucks. Um. Let's begin the Elden Ring segment of the show. Uh, Jeremy, do you think <laughs> we've been doing this long enough? latest recurring segment. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we've been doing this long enough to, to have like a section name? Like the uh, the, the, the tarnished speak, the... Um, tarnished think, talk. The uh, listen to the two fingers. Uh, the... Uh, 
Oh, Carrie, can you hear that? What? what can, what's can that, he Jeremy? I, I hear it. Can, what is can it? He, can, can, he, can you hear the, 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 can you hear that phone? It's the Elden ringing. <laughs> I know we actually haven't said anything in this episode yet. Like we haven't, we've been talking, we're, we're eight minutes in, but we yeah. haven't actually said anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm having a great time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Surprise, surprise, we've been playing Elden Ring. Um, I've, what my Elden Ring experience this last week has been a lot of me following through on a very long side quest that required a lot of specific tasks. And like, thank God there was a guide for it by the time I was making a video for it. Um, God, you weren't the one making the guide for it. (laughs) Exactly. Because like, it would have taken me months. Because there are yeah. so many specific things, random places. They give you a vague hint, but they don't tell you what to do, when to do, when to go back to talk to a certain person. And FromSoft like to have arbitrary moments in the games that will affect side quests that are unrelated that suddenly it stops you from progressing them. Yeah, right. And that's like, that's kind of cool. I was thinking about that. Because yeah. you, Jeremy and I, we're, and I think we'll, we're going to talk about this later, but you and I were showing each other each other's games yesterday. We were streaming each other mm. our games. And you got to an area and I was like, oh, that's where I started this side quest for this video I posted yesterday that's 67 minutes long. Yeah. And and you you were climbing through this tower and you got to the top of this elevator and you got to the top room and then there was no, nothing in there. And you're like, what do I do here? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's meant to be somebody there. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, so, yeah. And like, but that's kind of cool, right? Because it it makes it feel like the it contributes a bit more to the world feeling like it's alive because the things that are happening in the world happen whether you're there or not. Yeah. However, it's very unkind to a casual playthrough, but also someone who wants to experience all that stuff. Yes. The first time I finished Bloodborne, I didn't do a single side quest. I Mm. didn't know really that that game had side quests or for the most part, NPCs in the world. Um, Turns out there's a bunch of them. Turns out there's a bunch of side quests, and it turns out at certain moments in the game, like they're actually in Bloodborne, they're pretty landmarked with like time changing, because mm. um, time progresses in Bloodborne as you progress through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the night goes on. Um, but yeah, like I can sure as hell didn't know that any of them were there the first time I finished that game. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, like it's a good and a bad thing. But having gone through the whole thing and like unlocked one of I've unlocked an ending for the game. Obviously, I haven't finished the game. Um, but at the moment that you unlock the ending of the game, you sort of get the end cutscene of that quest. And then they're like, now go on your path and then I will I will be there at the end. Um, it's like, I don't know. They they, they tell them... I'm, I'm actually quite in, involved... Not involved, but I find it easier to be invested in this story in this game compared to other Dark Souls games. Okay. And, and even although, like, so much of it's the same, right? You've got the, you know, you're you're an undying person and you've been given this task, this un, unknowable, unkillable, unwinnable task to, like, become the Elden Lord. And it's, like, impossible, mm-hmm. right? But that's your task. And yeah. it's something to aspire to and it drives you through the first few hours of the game. And eventually you meet people who are like, nah, mate, don't, why are you listening to these fingers that talk? 
and are really large. Like, Which is a really good question. <laughs> it is a good question. And they're like, don't listen to them. Listen to me. I'm going to, like, we're going to kill everyone who who is in line with the two fingers or yeah. I'm going to go kill the two fingers. And it's like, I don't know. Like, there's something about it that while it's the same thing as like the original dark souls game where it's like oh rekindle the flame or it's like no let the let the flame die out and bring on the age of darkness like yeah it's like the same in everyone and yet i'm really invested in this one i don't know why it's fairly similar in bloodborne as well right well you're, you're told to kill and you're told that it's part of the hunt and you have to get the pale oh, like blood it, or whatever like, and the old blood. like you can you can decide if you want to like you know it's the same ending as as Dark Souls 1. <laughs> right. Continue the cycle in, or break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a cool third option in, in Bloodborne, but it's very specific. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like... Do you know what you're going to do? No, I don't. Because I've unlocked this this ending that I, I spent a lot of time unlocking. And it, there's a specific achievement behind it. I think I'd be silly not to do it. Because in mm-hmm. future playthroughs, I don't know that I will. Right. But, yeah, but don't don't do it for the achievement. Do it because you want to do it. That's the thing. Like I, when you start that quest, it's very much like, oh, would you like to enter my service? I want to like end all things, and well, not quite like that. It's not quite that drastic, but it's very much like, <laughs> I want to go down the path of darkness. Do you want to follow me? And I'm, and me, Carrie is like, no, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm well, there. I'm here about the- this Elden Lord business. Well, welcome to the End All Things Guild. Would you like to join us? <laughs> Basically. And I had to say yes, because it was my job for the week. But, like, I don't know that I want to indulge that ending. And I don't have to. So. Is there, is there a way to dupe saves yet? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. There might be some cloud backup nonsense, but. I was going to say, I reckon that'll be the way if you want to do it. Yeah. It's a bit. That'd be worth just having a backup. Yeah, for sure. Like a completed save. That that could be fun. Yeah. So yeah. What how about you, Jeremy? What's what's been what's been your Elden Ring tale? Radan. Star Scourge Radan. Um is that right? <laughs> it's Star Scourge Radan, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I the, continues the trend of me not knowing any of the nouns in fucking That's true. The, but that's it, in the like, Elden Ring. <laughs> Scourge Scourge isn't a word. Scourge is a word. <laughs> Sounds cool. Um, <laughs> it's <yeah>. good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 for the past week, the, my bane has been Radan, <laughs> Raditz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, big dude on a little horse named Leonard. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, I was having quite a lot of trouble with this boss. I was underleveled the first time I found him and he was just like just decimating me. His his arrows would one shot me. Um mm. which I had to learn the timing of and it was like a whole thing that you gotta like you gotta like really learn this boss. This is not a boss you can sort of just like give it a shot and kind of yeah. wing it. There's like, like a I 30 would be... second run up to the boss where he'll just snipe you. Yeah. And it's, it's at the start it's a... of every fight. You have to like climb the beaches of Normandy while he like rains down arrows upon you and your summons. Cause you can like the, the, the crux of this fight is that there are si- about six respawning summons that you can uh, do all at once. 
mm. um, in the fight and they will die and they are NPCs in the game. Then I've got side quests and character moments and stuff. Like you can, Patches is one of them um, who immediately just runs away. Um, uh, and you like you basically have to help use them to essentially just distract Raden so like he doesn't just keep killing you over and over and over again mm-hmm. so you can do some proper damage. Um, and I was using different weapons and stuff and you like, you know, you had since found the boss and beat it before me cause you'd put in a lot more hours than I did at that point. Mm. And then I was like coming around being like, how do I like, how do I take on this boss? I'm not really getting a whole lot of damage. I didn't also didn't immediately know that the summons respawned, mm. um, which helped a lot as it turns out. Um, and so I leveled up a bunch, got some proper like, um, good weapons, did you level up. yours up anymore? Yes. Yes, I got a two. I think I got... So I've got this really cool halibird, which I've got to a plus 11 at this point. Nice. Um, which it was sitting at plus seven or eight when I was giving it a shot. Might be actually higher than that might now. It might be like plus 12 or 13. Um, I leveled it up a ton. Um, and yeah, so I changed up my play style, changed up my armor, found Lionel's armor, which I love so much. Big round, big round, belly. big belly armor, um, which really shows off how little my head is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then you were going like, oh yeah, you just got to like go in, hit him once, maybe twice, and then fuck off. And I remember talking to you about this, and I remember like, like that, like the voice clip of you saying that was playing in my head and over and over and over again. And I was getting like not angry, like not angry at you. No. But like I was like thinking about that voice clip and I'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So I changed up my playstyle drastically where I barely used the horse at all. Um I used the horse when the second phase of the boss fi- uh, starts where he flies up in the sky and then crashes down. Yeah, he becomes a meteor. Yeah, like just so I can make sure to stay clear of that. Um, but eventually I used this weapon art, which just made me spin my halibut over and over and over again. And I just like, I think I was doing like 180 per swing and I was doing like maybe like a swing and a half a second or so. Mm. And so I was just like, chip it off, chip it off, chip it off, chip it off. And I was doing like a ton of damage, just like tick it all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I was doing enough poise damage that my character along along with all the summons managed to stagger him while his second phase was about to start. So he didn't start his second phase. So he didn't jump into the air and then he was staggered for a period of time. And I got down maybe four fifths of his, of the second half of his health. And then he woke up again and I managed to just do enough before his attack landed that I finally killed him. And I managed to record it in an entire Xbox video recording clip, which mm-hmm. is 60 seconds maximum, at least my settings, um, that I now have the entire fight saved in a video clip, yeah. um, which I think is great. So then I, I went to work today and I, in the morning, after I finished the morning meeting, I immediately me- messaged the guy that's also playing Elder Ring at work. I was like, let me show you the fucking coolest shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I rough. said that when you sent that to me, I was like, you, you make it look so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like it was, there. it was a really cool fight. Like I'm, I'm not on the horse. I'm dodging and, you know, doing shit. And like that follows on from you watching uh, me play yesterday um, where 
I was heavy rolling with two swords. Two great swords. <laughs> yeah, like the two heaviest weapons in the game. <laughs> and like I, I am just dodging out of every attack, like fairly well. Um like heavy rolling too. Yeah. Um, like dodging through attacks all the time. And you're watching me play, and I think you said the phrase like you and I played this game so fucking differently. So differently. I was just, I was so struck by it. And and I was like... It makes I sense because like, I, I tend to do these games far more chaotic than you do. Yeah, totally. But like, even your, like just your combat like philosophy is so different. And like you're fighting this boss that I, I, I one shot the boss when I when I got to her the first time. Yeah. Um, I wasn't having particular trouble with it. I was I was trying out new builds on yeah, this you're, boss. Yeah, you're being a bit silly, but also within yeah. that silly build, I'm like, you've got so many limitations here. If you get in close, you can't dodge and dodge and dodge because you're heavy rolling. Like, why, like, get a hit in and then fuck off. And you're like, <laughs> no, I just want to get like 10 hits in. The, I just want to do some yeah. damage. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I just don't get this. Well, that's why I've got my strength to 47 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only level like I'm like level like sixty four or something. It's two thirds of your stats. <laughs> there was a period of time where like like about half of this game, anytime I leveled up, I'm like, yep, one more in strength. Let's go, one more in strength. <laughs> it's because you had all those cool weapons you couldn't use yet, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That, that happens a lot. You get a lot of the really big heavy weapons as rewards in this game, and it's like, oh, I can't yeah. use that yet. Uh huh. I found I found a level fifty weapon 50 nice. strength nice what i'm not there it? yet i'm close i think it was the one that you got you, you sent me a picture of it oh yeah was it the ruin great sword uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think and, it was that one and i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah. um i uh i also uh, found that that bloodborne weapon you were talking about the like the the saw blade on a stick mm, yep 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 i found a threaded cane oh really yeah, one from, I does it transform it the Bloodborne? Weapon? I don't know. I, I I don't have the right decks for it. Oh, you should tell me where you found it, and I'll go find it and I'll try and use it. Yeah, it's in the capital. Uh, well, I'm going there next. That's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll, well, by next, every time I say like, "Oh, that's my next thing," is like, "Well, I I finished Volcano Manor today." So, so you are you are close to two of my favorite areas in this game. One of them is the Atlas Plateau. There's a really sick moment, and I don't know if you'd know what it is or not. And if you don't, then that's cool. It's not the lift. No, no, it's immediately after that. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, you don't know, and that's cool. Um, and then the other, the other part of that game that I think is really cool is the windmill area at the top, which I is. I did, I did see that place, and I'm like, oh, Jeremy's spoken about this. Uh, it's not. I'm, I'm, I don't have time for it right now. And then I. Yeah. Okay. Good. You, you should not know what that is until you stumble across it. I saw some people dancing. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a whole thing. I'll, I'll come uh, back later. It's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bloodborne is like horror light. Like, yeah. that area is a horror area. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, there's some pretty gloomy, glum vibes in Volcano Manor as well. Like, oh, this is like a whole other level. This is really weird. It's like, I'm, I, I feel very uneasy about this place. <laughs> <laughs> How does it um, rate compared to the the spider hands in Caria Manor? Oh, they are they are gross, but they are like Ugh, I hate spiders kind of way. Yeah, this is like this is like I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> There's this awesome clip of 
blessing from kind of funny finding those finger spiders for the first time and he like freaks out like yeah, he, yeah. i've he seen he a bunch of people freak it. out yeah uh did you uh do we have anything else for this one oh not not particularly i think i think what i want this game to do is give me the ability to show and tell a lot better than i can right now okay why is that i think that because i think like hopping into each other's games and we, like us being able to show each other things is really cool. Yeah. And I want, I want a better way to do that. I think I want, I want easier online play, but I also want like, I don't want us to be like ghosts in each other's worlds. I just want us to be like dudes. We can like, there is an item you can do that changes your appearance. Doesn't make you look like a person. Yeah. Oh, okay. It removes like the effect. Yeah, it's like 4,000 or something from Roundtable, and you could do one that makes you look like you're a summon as well. Okay. Um, Ooh, I did get to a really cool part, again, in the capital, which I'm, again, not going to tell you about. Great. But they, they did one of my favorite things that Bloodborne did, mm. and I think that's about all I can say. Okay, great. <laughs> um, Is it a... I, I won't ask that question. Um, I mean, you can ask, I just won't answer. Yeah, no, I, I won't ask. That you have reminded me of something, though, and I'm just going to bring this up briefly because this isn't my story, but Sam started playing Bloodborne this week, Mm. (laughs) which was fascinating, and Sam's found it like an enjoyable experience, I think because they've said they've they've known it's so hard, like so uncompromisingly difficult. Mm. And Sam Sam has this thing when they're playing games where they, they feel like they should be better at it, right? But they also don't do it very much and so it's this thing of like i'm not good at games or i hate playing games or not i hate playing games but it becomes this whole like yeah perpetuating can't commit the time to it it can't get better so i don't get better it can't commit the time yeah to so it. sam's yeah. gonna be in like in like the right headspace for it but when sam plays bloodborne sam knows that like they're probably gonna suck at it and so they don't mind that they're just kind of hitting their head on the wall over and over like and and I told them, I was like, it took me like four hours to get past this first stage of Bloodborne. And I think for mm. most people who haven't got a Souls game before, that's true. That's a pretty it faithful experience. Took me fucking ages. Right. And it so, took me four goes to actually get into the game. What do you mean? Like, I didn't finish that game until my fourth attempt, like oh, years oh, later. Oh, I see, I see. I thought you meant like, yeah. you didn't even get to that section for four attempts, but no, that's not you. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, it's been really cool because they've been, they haven't felt so, like, oh, I should be better at this or, you know, there hasn't been any of that self-talk. And I'm, Sam's going to listen to this, and I may be misrepresenting the situation, Sam, and I apologize. Um, but they've felt really positive about the situation. They've Like, they were, they were going to work that weekend and was like, I want to be home playing Bloodborne. Not, oh, this is stressful. I want to come home and play Bloodborne. Yes. I'm like, Bloodborne is yes. less stressful than work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it was it was really cool to see Sam engage with something so unreservedly, you know that that is in this field, um, but especially something that's so fucking challenging and is such a bear and is such a such a hurdle in like the the pantheon of AAA games. Um, yeah, it's 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 been really cool to see happen. Tonight, Sam joins the hunt. The hunt, that's right. And then I was I was pointing out some things, but trying to say very little. But when Sam got to the first lamppost that you find, I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, 
Um, red lanterns usually denotes like there's a, there's a person to go and talk to by like the window or a door or something like that. So it's like, oh, okay, and went to speak to the first person. He's like, oh, you must be a hunter. And Sid's going through the text and he starts coughing and Sam's like, oh, and Sam just walks off. He's yeah, taking too yeah. long, too much, too much text. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't know what he does anyway. Play your game. <laughs> play the yeah. way you want to play. Uh, do you know that the hunter is canonically non-binary? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You, like you kind of point- see that in their games because they're always like body type A, body type B. Yeah. Um. In the in the comics, which has like the the backstory of the hunter. Hmm. By the end of the game, like one of the characters mentioned that they like transcended gender binaries <laughs> or something. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I should I should buy those comics. They're they're apparently really sick. Okay, cool. I look forward to one day discovering what that game's all about. Even though I've had it slowly spoiled for me over the last couple of years, as people uh, you, quietly you don't know. say just a little bit. Uh, you don't know. There are things I haven't told you. That's the thing, though. I know that there's things that I don't know, and the game becomes recontextualized in a way that, like, everything becomes different. Like, I I know that that moment's happening, and so I'm constantly thinking about it. It's like it's like the Avengers trailer, right? Sure. I'm waiting for Cap uh, to get I, to I, Wakanda because I've seen him there in the trailer. <laughs> I, I just mean in terms of like, I think the final boss is cool, and is I've not like, mm. I haven't touched that at all. Yeah, there, there are moments in this game that are that have me going, holy fuck, oh, shit. Like, like, the boss fight I was doing today, I won't tell you what it was, but there are moments where I, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing the boss for the first time and I'm trying to gauge, like, what the attacks are so I can recognize them and dodge them. And then at the same time, I'm also, like, looking around in the arena. And I'm like, what the fuck is going Oh, my God. <laughs> like, very overwhelming and very impressive and very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, sick. It's been a, it's been, I haven't played much Elden Ring recreational. In fact, I don't think I played any this weekend, which is the first weekend since it came out, um, that I haven't done that. Um, what I have been doing is just playing a lot of Persona 5 and Mm -hmm. it's, I've been really appreciating how one formulaic it is, two, how it breaks its own formula, three, how long it is. And for how much I remember every time I come back, like I come back to it and it's like recognizable enough that I remember everything that I was doing up to where I was. I'm 40 hours in and I still feel like they're tutorializing me, which is ridiculous. But, but I also like, I can see the way they're introducing a new character. They always give the character stakes before they sort of become a persona wielding part of your party. And like Sam, Sam came in after I'd been playing a couple of hours and was like, oh, what's this de- What's this character's deal? And I'm like, oh, this character's under pressure from someone at the school, so they're pressuring, like, our group. It's probably be two or three hours before they're a part of the team. And Sam's like, what, really? I'm like, yeah. And, and so Sam came in, yeah. like, the next day, like, right as they were, like, introducing, like, what their code name is when they're in the, the, the Shadow Realm. And I was like, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the way they're setting that up for future characters to come into the party like sometimes it happens really quickly sometimes it happens over the course of uh like the whole game like i will have had like hours of dialogue with them as like a normal person and i'm pretty sure they become a member of the party later on so it's just really it's really good and it's so nice to have something that has voice acting has story and has something you can engage with 
that just takes time. Like, I actually just like that it just goes and it takes forever and they talk for ages. And, like, that's just nice. It's nice to get absorbed into something, especially when I've spent so much time in Elden Ring that I'm, I'm getting a little burnt out on it. I'm just like, just take me to another place and I just want to press buttons and do battles and run around. Yeah. It's been really valuable. I really like it. Yeah, um, that's, that's, sort, that's sort of why Persona games, are, whenever they come out, it's like a big deal that another one's coming out, right? Because it's like, everyone's like, hey, guess what? I'm going to make a massive new group of friends. <laughs> yeah, totally. And this, is, this is my next 120 hours of video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I did is I revisited <laughs> N64 Online. Do you know why, Jeremy? Because um, you wanted to play F-Zero X. I did want to play F-Zero X. You're right. Actually? You nailed oh, it. I have, a, I have an F-Zero story to tell you, but you should go first. Okay, okay. I'll go first. I didn't play much, um, but this was... I can't believe I called that, by the way. <laughs> I know. I, I thought you could because, like, the trailers came out and a couple of articles and stuff like that. People were talking about it, yeah. But also no one spoke about it since it came out, like, that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was last last week. Uh, so basically, I I remember F-Zero as this game that my cousins would play on the GameCube, which was F-Zero GX, I think. And the thing I remember from that game is it was ridiculously fast, and my cousins were trying to do the time trials, and they were getting so upset and annoyed at it. And they're a bit older than I am, um, and I was like 9 or 10 at the time. And I'd go mm-hmm. over, and they were they were raging at the screen because they couldn't get this time trial to work in this game where the speedo reaches 2,000 kilometers per hour, and it looks like it's going 2,000 kilometers per hour. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I can't, oh, I just can't do it. Oh, shit. And I'm like, you guys seem like really unhappy when you're playing. Like, have you considered <laughs> not playing this and maybe being happier? And they're like, no, oh, they you don't get you. it. And, and I didn't get it. Um, so I've been like morbidly curious about the game. And so playing the, N- the SNES version doesn't really hit that vibe. But the N64 version is like the prototype of that where it's got the the racetracks that are circular tubes that you're inside and you're like swinging around them because you're going so fast. And then the other types of tracks, which is when you're on the outside of a tube going 2,000 kilometers an hour and you've got a health bar and when you boost, it reduces your health and you've got to regenerate your health on the strips, the energy strips, and you've got to get the boost pads. It's a very unique kind of racing experience. Mm. Um it's it feels very technical like i felt like i was kind of only just winning the novice difficulty and then there was like standard and expert and it's like oh i don't know if i want to you gotta get your license carry yeah like through the time trials and breaking tests well that's the thing i've got to have my my dark souls moment right it's just a different style of racing game that i don't understand yet Yeah. yeah i don't feel particularly motivated to try and understand it but i am glad that i gave it a go sure it, 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 it's funny that, that it's such a core part of some people's gaming experiences, but also it's been totally MIA for the last 20 years. There's, and it still gets brought up. Yeah, Captain Falcon's been in more Smash games at this point. Yeah, definitely. So what's your, what's your F-Zero story? Now, there's a, there's a wonderful moment in Giant Bomb history where they talk about the Phoenix Down in um, Final Fantasy. Okay. Where... They are talking about things that they didn't realize until later. This is a Rikert moment, isn't it? No, this was this was before Rikert. Um, okay. This was this this was this was a Gertzman, um, 
where they're talking about like a new Final Fantasy game and they're talking about like Chocobo Feathers and Phoenix Down and Jeff pipes up and goes like, oh, Phoenix Down and suddenly understands why it's a feather and starts talking about how like he couldn't, like he never put that together. You know, it might've just been like a Japanese translation thing, who knows? And when I heard that clip for the first time, I had mine, oh, Phoenix Down. Phoenix Down. It's it's the feather of a phoenix. It revives you. I always thought Phoenix Down was like, there's a reason I'm not saying it's Phoenix Down. No, it's It's a phoenix Phoenix down. down. It's like an action. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so why is it called F-Zero? Uh, Zero gravity? No, that's what I thought. So did you know there's an F2 racing in the real life and F1 is faster than F2? Formula One is faster than Formula Two racing. So F zero is faster than Formula One. It's Formula Zero. It's you can't get any faster. You know, I think the reason I don't get that is because F one is never written out as F dash O N E. That's not what I mean. Yeah, it's always the number one. I think if it was F dash zero, I'm I would maybe get that. But because it's spelled out, it just seems completely unrelated to me. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. F-Zero is written with letters mm. as opposed to numbers. Um, that's really cool, though. Like, that's a cool I, thematic I had, lore. Right, I had no name. idea. That's really cool. Because The reason I found that out is because I was sitting at my desk at work last week and I was like, oh, F-Zero. And I was trying to think, I was trying to come up with a dumb joke. I was like, you know what? They should make an F1. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh, so yeah, F-Zero before. stands for Formula Zero, which is faster than Formula One. That's fascinating. Have you played F-Zero? I've played F-Zero. The f- I've played the original F-Zero. Oh, SNES. On, when the, yeah, when the SNES Online came out. Yeah, I don't, I don't like those SNES racing games. Surprise. I think they're cool because I love Mode 7. I think that's like a really awesome technical... It's the 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 2D mapped to look 3D oh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mo- Mode 7, I think that's what it's called. Mode 7. Is that like what, um, what Sonic was doing on, this, on the Sega systems where they were on that like checkerboard floor? Yeah, I don't know. If, so, uh, yes, it's uh, yes with an asterisk. Mode seven is a graphics mode on the SNES. Oh, okay, okay, but it um, emulates that type of yes. emulating three D. Yes, yes. Um, Secret of Mana does it a lot when you're in the like the world map, and you can sort of like I think um, Link to the Past does it as well. I think um, could be wrong about that. Um, like a lot of games used it in that point where they were getting close to like doing a 3D thing without actually doing 3D generated graphics. Um, a lot of like shoot 'em up game, like Contra used it. Um, and all like the, the plane ones. Um, like, like aeroplanes, not like, yeah, not like vanilla. Um, yeah. And this is different to the, like the FX chip, right? That like they'd made Star Fox on, on the SNES. Because that was, like, uh, bel- really early 3D, like, really early polygons. That is different, yes. Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not really familiar with that. 
So you're a fan of Mode Seven? Yeah, I think it looks. I think it like it's got a really cool look to it. Um, it's a very specific look. It's like a really cool moment in like tech. Yeah, like it's a like, moment in time. Like they would, they were doing three D, essentially three D graphics in two D. Yeah. It, and I I don't know how they did it. Like, so I'm on the Wikipedia page. Turns out the formula is just on the Wikipedia page, and it's like Whoa. quite a small formula. Wow. Um. Yeah. Like you can just you can read that formula. That's cool. Um, mm, it's a it's a matrix. And it's funny because like, you know, game design is smoke and mirrors, right? Sorry, Mario Kart was the one that did it the most. You know, right? The the OG Mario Kart would make it. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Where the where the where the where the track is like zooming in and like getting closer and getting bigger and yeah, like you're going around a two D track that is sort of made to sort of look three D, but it's flat, right? Like it's completely yeah. flat, and it's because yeah. you're actually driving over a two D plane that is put and 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 like that has got an effect on it to make it look like it's a three D image. Like forcing perspective. It's not forced perspective, but it's yeah, yeah. 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 I don't but, know. Could you imagine the day they got that right? Yeah, like that would be that would be huge, that, and they would have been would spending have been like weeks on it, weeks and weeks. Mm. Like, yeah. all game design is like, just smoke and mirrors to try and make players think that things are the way they are. But because it's all fabricated, but like, like back then, right? It's like you know, like that is like a real like theoretical shit. Totally. And what's that like? Ten years after Donkey Kong came out in the arcade or something like that? Like yeah, that's right. ridiculous. Yeah, the the way the the speed with which the games industry has moved forward in terms of tech, at least in the early days, is really yeah. phenomenal. Uh, that's about it, everybody. Yeah. For what we've been playing, uh, what do you reckon, Jeremy? Should we should we do a break or should we just go for it? I think we should do a break because I want right. to get a drink. We'll we'll do a quick break and we're going to be back with our our personal top three E three picks. Um, we haven't, we don't know what each other's are. I'm very fascinated to know if we have any crossovers. It'd be funny um, if our lists are exactly the same. That would be very <laughs> they're, funny. They're not, but could you imagine? I, I, I can, and I, I agree that when I could see there's room for us to have at least one that is the same. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Have a break, everyone. Have a think about your favorite E3 moments, and we'll be right back. There's a place called Kokomo. It's where you go. Something, something wanna be. A river, And welcome back to the the mini map cast. We'll just uh, leave that in there. You can uh, you can segue us in. Yeah. Uh, I'll play the that's music. That's also partly because I had no idea how to bring us in, so I was just glad you were singing. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh. Jeremy, we're going to talk about E3. E3! It's been cancelled. Yeah, it's been officially cancelled. <laughs> yeah. um, EA Play got cancelled yesterday. I heard that, which is weird, mm. right? They don't have anything in the show. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they hardly had anything last year either. Yeah, and um, now they've got, like, the worst battlefield in a very long time. Yeah. And Apex, and they're not doing The Sims 5, I guess, this year. And, like... 
their soccer is maybe not going to be called FIFA this year. Yeah. Although that's a, that's a them decision. That's a we don't actually need FIFA. True, true. I think it's a good decision. Yeah, I mean, I haven't cared that much about EA Play in a long time. Um, basically since it's been EA Play. Yeah. Uh, you remember when they, they didn't show Anthem that year? That was fun. And it yeah, came out that in that February. Video. <laughs> yep. Just, it also means we're not going to see Mass Effect, I guess, this year. No, no way. I mean, that was never going to happen. But, 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 but like anything, you know, like we're not going to see any anything Dragon that BioWare is doing. Yeah. Now we might get like, here's a single game. Here's Dragon Age. The trailer only thing in we're going to get. The only thing we're going to get from them this year, I honestly think, will be Fallen Order two at Star Wars Celebration. Right. The reveal. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. But Jeremy, we're not here to talk about current E3. We're not here to talk no. about 2022. We're here to talk about E3s of the past. Now, favorite E3s of old. Our, our our memorable moments, the the me- the 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 moments that we remember and think back fondly or negatively on. Uh, it's it's more the ones that were most memorable rather than ones that were like good. The moments that make Electronic Three. Yes, the moments that stand out. Um, and yeah, you know, I was talking to Jeremy in the break about this as well. Like, there's a number of things. Like, there are a number of, like, best moments of E3 lists on YouTube, like a Watch Mojo list and, like, most awkward moments thing. And, like, those are those are fine. Like, those yeah, are good. they're fine. But a lot of the, like I was saying to Jeremy, is like, oh, Reggie's, Reggie's first Nintendo E3 conference. And it's like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. Cool. Uh, that would have been cool. And they revealed the DS. Great. All right. Great. But that doesn't actually mean that much to me. That conference means very little to me because I wasn't, I was nine when that happened. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. what E3 was. Um, but the ones that make it and have made an impact on me are the ones where I was paying attention when, when that happened. So a lot of the stuff I care about is basically everything from the last generation of uh, reveals. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first E3 that you remember watching? Uh, oh, let me, I'd have to research that one. I need to look up the God of War 3 release. Uh, that came out in March 2010. So I must have been looking at uh, E3 2009, some like God of War 3 preview footage. But that was was me watching the like breakout trailers, the not the conferences, but the breakouts afterwards and the the developer commentary over the demos. What was the first conference you remember watching? So that's the thing. I probably, it was probably 2013 with, when the new consoles were coming, I didn't care for the conferences at all. I thought they were boring. Um, mm, they were. These would be about sales numbers. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was always executives, and they were always just wearing like the the day's clothes. Like, well, yeah, it was. It was it, for a while. It was yeah, like button up shirts tucked into pants. Yeah. Um, Chinos. And, uh, you, yeah, and but like sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, always Cause, sneakers. Because they're because they're because they're. They're tech devs. They're, they're the cool they're, kinds of executives. They're hip and trendy. Exactly. They're nerds like us. Uh, but, you know, I remember watching, it was it was God of War 3, and now that I've looked at this, it would have been something to do with um, the Assassin's Creed 2 reveal in 2009, I think, would have been then as right. well. That had a great yeah. demo. Those E3 demos around them were fantastic, but the first conferences were the was when we were looking at the console reveals for that generation, for the PS4 and for the Xbox One. Um, yeah, yeah. Like my first one, I think the first conference I watched was 2012, right? Which was the final year of the PS3 360 era, mm-hmm. and it was like, like it was like The Last of Us, 
but it was also getting pretty dire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those consoles were really getting squeezed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, stuff, the stuff I've got here is the stuff that is relevant to my time watching E3. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to jump into my first one. Let's get into it here. Um, yeah, jump in. And this is the one I thought of last, and it's definitely the one I want to put first. It's sort of, it's not, it's not the most memorable out of my memorables. Um, but I wanted to put in uh, Keanu Reeves on the Xbox E3 stage in 2019 for Cyberpunk. Um, because it's interesting thinking back to that time now where cyberpunk was so hyped and it was yeah. vaporware up until that point like we hadn't seen there were no demos up until that e3 and then that was the year where there was the the behind closed doors demo and everyone was super super excited about it super high on it um and not the public couldn't see it and they didn't see it for months after that point um but everyone was everyone who was there and who saw the behind the closed doors demo was so positive about what they saw and um and the trailer was really cool. It was just a cinematic, but it was a, it was an interesting narrative cinematic. And then it went straight into it ended with the reveal of Keanu sort of waking up your character. He's like, "Wake the fuck up, samurai! We've got a city to burn!" And it's like, "Whoa, that's Keanu Reeves!" And the the yeah. crowd's cheering. And then the door opens on stage, and then Keanu Reeves walks out, and the crowd's cheering like it was, it was, and that was the the sort of the moment of his resurgence, like wave. Like he he came out onto stage while. He was experiencing all that positivity from John Wick and everyone was talking about how good a guy he is and how he loves his motorcycles. Like all of that Keanu press was just, it was in yeah. that moment. And like, uh, it, it had been, it'd been around for a while, but like, it's like a good pick. It's like a, it's a really good grab for them. Totally. But like, if they'd done it a year later, like, I don't think it would have hit as hard. You know what I mean? I think they hit that. I think they brought him onto stage with his resurgence wave really well-timed. Yeah, I mean, I reckon it, no matter what, it was always going to be a really big thing mm. for him. Mm. But like, yeah. And it's I that moment like how, for all of us as well where it's like, oh, there's a real actor in this video game. Everyone kinda, look. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like the video game industry is so like obsessed with like... Um, legitimizing itself? Yeah, legitimizing itself and like making like... like it's not Hollywood, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're better than Hollywood, but hey, we've got Hollywood actors as well. Um, You're like, oh, when I'm at Christmas fair, and he's... people ask me what game I'm playing, I could say the game with Keanu Reeves in it. Exactly, right. And, you know, look, the thing is, he's also so charismatic. So, yeah. like, you get it. You know, he comes on stage and there was something wonderful about hearing him say the phrase, uh, cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> and then everyone just cheered and then he says cd project red yeah, you're and, right. everyone and everyone's you know screaming and there's obviously the breathtaking moment but then then he realized that he's he's starting to go over time right and he goes he, he goes now now settle down i've got to tell you about some stuff <laughs> 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 yeah the breathtaking moment was cool where the the crowd yeah. yells out you're breathtaking and he like yells out back to them and points and then every time you, yeah and that was meme to hell but also when you look at the clip and he like nearly falls over <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah that was He's such great. a it was a moment and it dominated yeah. that e3 it did it really did that was the game of that conference yeah and then uh you know it was like 
a week or two later and there was stuff about how there was that that sort of anti-trans advertising throughout the whole thing and that was kind of the yep. beginning of the the negativity the of the for that game for that beginning game. <laughs> yeah and i was like it's worth pointing out that um either at e3 or after someone asked like the head of the company like like what does keanu think of the game like has he played it and he goes yeah yeah he's played it and he goes oh he loves it he loves it he loves it um someone oh. asked keanu like less than like i don't know like a few months ago back when they were doing the matrix unreal tech demo ah um have you played cyberpunk and he goes no i never played it (laughs) (laughs) so they they just flat out lied (laughs) oh no well i i'm glad that like if they lied that you can just say that now (laughs) what's your what's your first pick jeremy my first pick this is this we're going back Okay. I'm going to change my order really quick. <laughs> Let's go back to 2016. Not too far back. Okay. It's E3. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going like, oh, what, is this yeah. one of mine? Is it one of mine? Uh, it's PlayStation's conference. Shit. <laughs> and it is when Hideo Kojima is brought ah, on stage. Right, yes. I, I don't know if you remember this, but... Uh, this is already after all the Konami stuff that like, you know, it was, you know, barred from going to the game awards and Kojima was at like an all time high in terms of people wanting to see what he was working on. Yeah. And like, also just like general press, he had a good press around him. People knew that he had sort of been treated unfairly at, 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 at um, Konami and PlayStation came along. They've done this deal. They basically gave him a blank check. Yeah. And everybody was in the good books at this point. But um, like this was... This was only nine months after Metal Gear Solid Five came out, and he'd been basically radio silent from then up until yes. this point. Yes, and well, like no, so they had already announced that he's got a partnership with, with PlayStation. Oh, and he had um, his new studio. Yeah. Yes, uh, like as a uh, the English guy, um, forgotten his name. Uh, the English guy that used to like be one of the heads of Sony, um, Andrew House. Andrew House um, yes. did a did a, did a video where they English shook hands man. with and. Well, he is. Um, he shook hands with with um, Kojima, um, and they were both like they were both visibly excited to yeah. be working on something again. Yeah. Um, no one was expecting to see what he was working on for a very very long time, and then nine months later, E3 happens and Kojima, the Kojima Productions logo like spiel happens, and the big stage with the lights along the ground. Yeah. Like the, the, the trumpets are playing and the drums are beating. And there's this walkway of light that is being like lit up under his feet as he walks to the head of the stage yeah, towards the front of the stage. And it was so over the top. It yeah. was like fucking ridiculous. And they got the timing a little bit wrong and he accidentally starts to walk a little bit faster. Yeah. 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 Um, and like I will never forget how happy he looked because it was genuinely very lovely to see him go on stage and goes like, "Hello, everyone!" Yep, <laughs> and everybody erupts in cheer, and he goes, "I'm back." <laughs> <laughs> he was um, so he was so wronged so publicly. He he was he genuinely was, and you know, like we talk about like auteur stuff all the time, but like you know, no one should have been treated the way that he was treated. Yeah. Um, it was so aggressive and so unfair and punishing. Um, and yeah, and then and then they showed the like, trailer, and then they showed the trailer for Death Stranding. Yeah, and that, um, but that's the one where like they go down Norman Reedus's throat. Is that the one where they go down his throat and there's a baby in there, or not quite that yet? 
No, no, not that one. It's the one okay. where he wakes up on the beach. Um, oh, he's naked. And, and he's, yeah, he's naked. He's holding uh, the baby and he looks down, the baby's disappeared and he's got the handcuff and he's got the dog tags. And, and I remember for years, four years, people were trying to analyze that trailer going like, what is this trailer? Yeah. What does this mean? You know, what is he saying? You know, dog tags, metal gear, handcuff, or, you know, was he, was he, pun- you know, all of this stuff, right? And it was like, People saying like, oh, it's like a metaphor for like, you know, how he was treated at Konami and stuff. Uh, and all yeah, that stuff, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all that stuff isn't an incorrect read. But it is. But also, read. but people were saying, you know, like, oh, none of this is going to be in the game. We don't know what the game is. And I'm like, all this shit is like in the game. Like that is the game. I, looking back on that, that's such a wild reveal trailer for that to be genuinely what the game is. Mm. Yeah, the floating um, people in the sky and the black tar and the. The grey yeah. landscape, yeah, it's very true to what ended up happening. You're right. They didn't even yeah. have an engine when they made that. Uh, they didn't because Horizon Zero Dawn wasn't out. No, but I, I think they knew that they were that they were working on the Destiny. No, because they made such a big point. deal about him shopping around for engines after that fact. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they made a big right. deal about it. He, he <laughs> that was just a trailer. Like, yeah. that's all that exists. Well, yeah, like, it was, you know, it, it was, yeah, it's just an animation. But, like, yeah, like, it turns out fucking a pretty good, like, true to form for mm. what that game became. Um, but it was it was a good moment. It was a fun, like, it was a feel-good moment. Totally. Seeing him get, get some recognition after he wasn't allowed to accept the Game of the Year award. The uh, talking about it has me, has me thinking, now that we're so far away from the release, two and a half years now. Um, yeah. Thinking like, what is that game about? You know, it's got me thinking. But also, I know it's really long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce off your point, Jeremy. My second mm-hmm. pick is that entire conference. Right. Okay. Sony's E3 2016 conference. Um, and you know, I'm not gonna right, let I'm, me let me try and guess a couple. Off yeah. The top of my sure. head. Was it Uncharted Four? No, because that had come out two months prior. Oh, okay. Um, was it the Last Guardian? Yes. So okay. it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't the re-reveal, but it was the Last Guardian. It was a sizable trailer, and it was given a release date for that year. Yes. Yeah, that was the the return. I think we'd seen it maybe the year before, but this was the like. It's coming. Oh, okay. It's it's close. Right. Um. I can I can give it to you. I've got it all written down yeah, of like what the key yeah. points are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to so me. these are the things that were all revealed in this conference, right? Okay. Death Stranding, we've already mentioned. Yep. Opened with the God of War reveal. Oh, was that the live orchestra? This was one? the live orchestra one. So that you're talking about the orchestra rising for Kojima's walk on stage. That was the live orchestra. Yeah. And so this was when we had the live orchestra, and it gave us the the moment of God of War reveal where they had the the low baritone choir doing the mm. the singing for the the, the yeah. reveal of the game and then it went into gameplay as well it went into that that yeah, original was, yeah, gameplay was, section yeah um crash yep that means yeah it was crash so um, we had crash god of war days gone death yeah. stranding <laughs> resident evil 7 these are all revealed as well as yeah. spider-man revealed in this conference for the first right. time we saw these all at this conference Mm, yeah i yes yes i remember that was the last one no it wasn't the last one i don't think it was the last one 
It was one of his final ones. I remember that Sean one Layden. felt... That was the last, like, regular conference they did. They did, like, they did, a, they did 2017 and 18, but, like, they... They, they were That weird. was when they went from their, like, PS3 was bad and we're riding the ship and PS4 is so successful. Like, there was, like, one half of PS4 where they, where they had that PS3 men- mentality and they were just trying to do the best they could no matter what. And then they went to that like old school Sony mentality of trying to, they, they kind of got a bit like premium. They got a bit snooty and they got a bit more like where they are now. Yeah. Cause I remember one, like one of the, like the last one they ever had was the one where they, they did the last of us two reveal in the barn. Yeah. And then, and then they then had to wait they, for everyone to leave the barn. They made everyone get up and move to a different regular theater where they showed off like three other games. It was like Dreams, it was Ghost of Tsushima, and yep. two others. Yeah. Meanwhile, they showed the Call of Duty trailer in the middle with Sid Schumann on the desk. <laughs> yeah. So that was all revealed in this one. It had the live orchestra playing for the soundtrack, which was really, really amazing, especially for that God of War opening. But it was just cool. Like, what a cool gimmick. I'm surprised they haven't done it more since. It was probably it was bloody really expensive, but... It was, it was a really classy show, I remember. Like, it felt yeah. like, a, like a really good, well-put-together presentation that was genuinely really fun to watch. Yeah, it was very entertaining, but also, yeah, I, it was great. And then yeah. also, we saw Detroit Become Human, the, that, like, negotiation trailer <laughs> at the top. Yeah. It was a cool trailer. Yeah. Saw Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah. And not just the original, like, Thunderjaw tech demo. Like, we saw a bit more. No, no, it was, it was after that, yeah. And got the Last Guardian trailer as well. I'd say it's the best E3 conference there has been. Like, at least that I've seen. Like, it, it's it's entertaining to watch. It's got the moments of, like, oh, we're introducing... They talked about VR, because VR hadn't come out yet, but they, they introduced Arkham VR, I think, and Farpoint. So they... I, I like when I go to a press conference and I can see that they're doing the, the uh, business side of things in a way that's entertaining for everybody to see. And then also the exciting things. Like, I don't like it when it's like, oh man, that Destiny trailer was great in 2013. And then they spoke about what the updates coming to PlayStation Plus and like, like how yeah. many, how many dollars it's going to be and the, the different types and the, you can buy a card in your local games, like whatever, who cares? Like when they can make it entertaining, even when they fit in the business stuff, I'm like, well, you, you put effort into that and it shows. I think, I think that was the it was i was excited to watch it i think it's got some of the best reveals from the last generation all in one place and it was it it's it's i think it's just the best conference it also gave us that the moment where they where they look to the crowd and there's that guy who goes hey spider-man <laughs> hey spider-man hey spider-man <laughs> Uh, what's your what's your number two, Jeremy? You're number three. Number no, two. you're number two. Number two. Yeah. Um, let's take a step back, further this time. Go on, we're going go back. Tw- we get we're going to 2013. This will lead into one of yours, I know, but I know it's not this one. 2013. We're talking about the jump from generation eight to nine, or whatever the fuck the number is. Whatever Just, the broken. numbers are, yeah. Yeah. 360 to Xbox One, PS3 to PS4. We've already seen the consoles, sort of. This is an E3 moment. It happened at E3, but it wasn't a conference moment. 
This is a conversation between Jeff Keighley and Don Matrick. Uh, I, so we, when, we, when I was researching stuff today, I did see this clip, but I didn't hear anything from it. What, what, tell, give me the lowdown. What was it about? So Jeff Keighley talks about the always online connectivity with the Xbox One, which had not been reversed at this point. This is, I think, 48 hours away from that happening. This is very, very soon. Actually, actually, it might have been a bit later. It might have been like a month later. They had shown off the price at this point. We've seen the box. We've seen that it comes with a Connect, and it doesn't come without a Connect. And Don Matrick says the phrase, we have a product for people who aren't able to get some form of connectivity. It's called the Xbox 360. <laughs> Which was ripped to shreds. It's so insulting. It's it's a very rude thing to say. It's a very very dismissive thing to say. But because um, the way you, the way you say it as well, like the way he said it, then like that, it's so condescending. It's it, like it was oh quite yeah, no, we've got something for them. It's in the it's it's you've already got one. Like just keep yeah. It, yeah. it was very. It was, it was also very like. Um, it was very like. Like Western centric almost, like not Western centric, but it was very like you know there are a lot of like lesser developed countries like structurally that don't have a decent internet connection, especially back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Australia kind of being one of them, our mm-hmm. internet speed like we hadn't got the NBN at that point. Yep, um, it was very insulting. And, um, and to even say then, that, like, like places that do have good rated internet, US, the US does okay but that's because you look at their cities like la and san francisco and new york and they're teched out the, the wazoo but then you they go still to have middle america and they've got nothing. yeah um it was it was rough and this had come from the xbox which you're going to go into i'm sure but like the xbox 360 and the xbox one then being like all about tv it was all about entertainment it was about brands it was about cable tv it had a hdmi import as well as an hdmi output it was about your xbox next, app your snapping app. yeah app snapping it was about skype. connecting to the store <laughs> skype right um video conferencing connect 2.0 all of that stuff it was it was it was a very rough time and I, I've, I've brought this up in the past i implore you as well as you carrie i implore yeah. you anybody listening Go and watch Xbox's retroactive documentaries they made about the history of Xbox that they put out a few months ago. The, the, the episode about the Xbox One launch is sadder than you'd expect mm. for a company that's talking about their own products. Mm-hmm. But also it's the first interview Don Matrick has had basically since then. Wow. How long and is that episode? 40 minutes. Whoa. And, 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 and he doesn't regret it. Kind of. What? He regrets the messaging. He regrets the way he told the message, but the actual fundamental, like, the fundamental the purpose had. of the machine. Yeah. And you know what? They're right. <laughs> because they were just early, right? Because what we're looking they were at just now early. is more like what they were what, talking about back then. What the Xbox series x does now is what that console was talking about it doesn't it doesn't do authentication does it uh well i mean game pass yeah it does (laughs) yeah sort of but like you can you can play disc games on it without the thing with the the xbox console was that you 
you had to check in online once a day or yeah, else the console day. would stop yeah. working. And there was, you know, there was, you know, things about not training games and, and like all that stuff. But I mean, like the stuff about the media hub being yep. the console, the stuff about having online connectivity, the stuff about you not really owning your games anymore, yeah. all of that stuff. It's like that stuff all came true. They just messaged it in the worst way possible. Yeah. Um, and they also committed it's, it's hard. fascinating. Well, they had all these deals with brands. They had all of these incredibly expensive deals with ESPN, with uh, the Discovery right. Channel, with National Geographic, all of these like TV channels, music streaming. Back when Microsoft, I think, was selling digital music at that point still. Or if they weren't, they'd moved over to one of the other stores that probably also doesn't exist at this point anyway. Yeah. Um, they were moving in the right direction with their shoes tied. <laughs> yeah. God, it's just they tied them this, themselves, you know. They had the they lead. did, they they definitely did, and then you know, like Sony also put out their foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so about fascinating. That? Pardon, what was that? You want to talk about that one? Is that one of yours? Yeah, this is my last one. How did you? How did you know? Yeah, you told me. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my last pick is Sony's. E3 2013 conference and specifically their response to the Xbox one reveal. So we had, we had what Xbox had a, had a, like an Xbox one reveal conference in May, right? Before E3. And that's when they, they came in with like the core design. They both did. Yeah. They both had a a showcase where they announced the console. Um, Sony didn't show the PS4 at theirs, which was a big hubbub. Because they hadn't finalized the design Wasn't yet. Wasn't that in February? Uh, I, I I don't know how soon it was. It was like it, it was. A, I think it was a month before Xboxes. Okay, okay, and Xbox was I, like I a could month be wrong. Before E3. Something like that. Okay, cool. But so head. Xbox had come out, and they they'd committed. To they usually this. do it around. Sorry, they usually do it around GDC. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Xbox had committed to this terrible plan with their. You know, you have to check in once every twenty four hours. Box. And yeah. you have you have to have the connect plugged in at all times. Yeah, and to this have was, the connect plugged in. Yeah, this was right after the NSA Edward Snowden initial break in story. Sorry, I'm remembering a lot of this. Oh my god, this was right after all of that, and so people were hyper aware of big companies that were doing data retention and collection. Right, and and this was before my, smart home stuff, so this was kind of scary. Yes. And Microsoft was one of the big four names named in the big Edward Snowden NSA expose that the Guardian did. So, and then you've got the whole, like, your games are, like, one use. You'd, like, you, when you buy a game, it gets, like, authorized to your account, and then you can't, even if it's physical, you can't sell it. Um, or if you do, they have to buy, they have to, like, purchase, a like, an additional Like an activation thing. code or something. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was super grubby, and it felt awful, and it was insulting, and their messaging was insulting, as you've just said. Yes. So Sony comes out onto the stage and they've, they've spoken about the box at this conference. They reveal it's what the box look like, what the box looks like and the price Xbox was gearing for a 500 us release price. Sony comes out at the very, very end of their conference before some of the other stuff I'm going to talk about with a $400 price. So they're undercutting the competition by a lot and they're offering more. We know the console performed better in, in with the advantage of hindsight as well. So 
already that's a win. That's just an out and out win. The console's way cheaper. Way cheaper. 100 bucks. And then you've also got a number of things. So they, they come out. So this is um this is Dometric. This is Jack Trenton. Jack Tretton, I think his name. Um, yeah, Tretton. I Googled his name the other day and I yeah. Googled Trenton and I also got the like, did you mean Jack Tretton? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Tretton. And when you hear a, when you hear a, someone in the US say it, it's Jack Tretton. Mm. It's like, <laughs> so they talk about what the PS4 is going to offer you. And it's like 140 games at launch and 40 of them are going to offer experiences that PS4, that only PS4 offers and all of that stuff. One of those then, being just like a strike in destiny. <laughs> yeah, like totally. And so then, then they start saying this, uh, one of their slides when he's talking just says PS4 supports used games and the crowd cheers for 25 uninterrupted seconds. They just, they're cheering, they're clapping, they're screaming because this is a direct response to Xbox. And then they go on to say, this is all sequential sentences. They go on to say they can trade in game. They could trade. What does it say? They could trade in the game at retail, sell it to another person, lend it to a friend or keep it forever. And the crowd starts chanting, Sony, Sony, Sony. <laughs> and this is all basic shit. Like, this is yeah, just discs and cartridges. Yeah. This is just reality. And it's what we know today, too. The next sentence they say, in addition, PlayStation 4 games don't need to be connected online to play. It gets interrupted for more cheers. Then they say, if you enjoy playing PS4 games online, we won't require you to check in online to play periodically. More cheers. And it won't stop working if you haven't authenticated within 24 hours. More, more cheers. And then you add on top of it the instructional video of the video. Shuhei Yoshida <laughs> and Adam Boys doing the yeah. how to share a game for PlayStation 4. And it's just Shuhei handing it to Adam Boys. It's such and, a... And him saying thank you. So they, they filmed that like that day. Yeah, like at the conference. Yeah, like they that was a, that was a really last minute thing. Um, and it, and they it's talk so... about. They talk about that video in the doc- in the documentary. Oh, sorry. It's so pointed. It's yeah, so it was it was it, it was a it was a direct attack. <laughs> it was, but like Microsoft, like who had dominated them for that entire generation. Microsoft then tripped so badly over themselves that they just exposed their throat for Sony to rip it out. And yeah, they and fell Sony on Sony's knife. They did it. Pardon? Yeah, they fell on Sony's knife. Um, well, that they it, did it with enough time to leave Sony the time to put the knife there. Like Xbox which, tripped, like, and like the then Sony got is, ready for it. Yes, and like the timings is you know like they were set in stone like you know weeks and weeks and weeks ahead because in between those two company. conferences, well, but but I mean like in in between those two conferences or two other conferences that was back in the day where it was. Xbox conference, then immediately EA's conference, then about an hour break, and then Ubisoft's conference, and an hour break, yes. and then Sony's conference. Yes. I love those days. Um, Me too. The, the, the three days of conferences. Oh, what a fucking stupid thing to do. What a, <laughs> what, a, what a dumb video game industry fucking thing to do. Yeah, well, fucking it used to be a, like, we're only here for a week. Jo- we got to make it work. Everyone's got to fit in their message in a week. And then we're yeah, got, like, not going to be in L.A. I know, but it's just like, what a way to fucking suffocate your own fucking announcements. <laughs> and they held on to it for such a long time. Um, yep. uh, yeah, it was like, it was a, a bullet in the head. Um, they they capitalized, and like they should have, they capitalized on, on, on it. But not to be, not to be, un, uh, not to be overdone. 
Okay, do not forget, later that same conference was the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh-huh. Which was exciting at the time. That was, oh, it was so exciting at the time. I remember that. And the that's Sora that flipping exist. around and all the Heartless, like the swarm of Heartless. Yeah, that looked cool. And it was like only possible Pre- with next gen. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-Unreal. That game wasn't running in Unreal at that point. I mean, was it really 2013? Yeah. So you're telling me it took them seven more years for that game to came out, for that game to come out. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 had to come out in between. Yeah, but which, that, they which, also showed The Last one? Guardian in this. Oh, wait, no. That's what it was. I remember seeing the clip of Don Matrick talking to Jeff Keighley and the ticket going along the bottom saying, um, Jack Shredden confirms that The Last Guardian is on hiatus, is officially on hiatus. Yeah, which they showed off back in, like, they waited two years. Because, you know, couldn't run on the PS3. No, couldn't. <laughs> Almost didn't run on the PS4. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good, fun year to watch everything. It was a spectacle. It yeah. was, even, even if you didn't catch the conference, like, when, when I read the, like, breakdown of what Xbox announced to their thing, like, on my phone mm. in the middle of year 12, I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> what did they say they're going to do with this thing? What a waste of time. And then you see yeah. Sony's clapback. Yeah. It, it defined that generation. This conference was the start of their domination of that generation. It set the tone and they ran with it for seven I years. Di- I would disagree slightly. Okay. Only in terms of by the end, by, by the final two years of the PS3, the PS3 was actually outselling the, P- the 360. Yes. They had already had, you know, like Uncharted, The Last of Us, God of War to a lesser extent. Um, well, they, they had already, already had Last of Us. That was like the week The Last of Us came out. Yeah, I know. But like Last of Us was getting people like excited for PlayStation. Right, right, right. Following Uncharted 3 um, and some other games. Like it yeah. was all like it was it was happening, but they were already selling like, like you know, they got the price of the console down. They got the manufacturing sure. price of the console down. But then they got everyone who got an Xbox for Call of Duty. They got all yep. of them to their side. They got all of the casuals buying their console instead of the Xbox that they'd just spent the last six years with. Well, because they swapped, right? Because they got the Call of Duty marketing yeah. deal and then Xbox got the Battlefield marketing deal. Yeah. Lucky them. Xbox got Battlefield... Battlefield 4. Battlefield 4, Battlefield 1, Battlefield and 5. And Hardline. Don't forget Hardline. Battlefield Hardline. <laughs> and then Battlefield yeah. 20, 2042. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, and, and to be Sony fair, Battlefield One sold really well, but like, sure, but Sony had Bungie. Yeah, they had Destiny. They had Destiny on in that 2013 reveal. Yeah. Oh man, that game. <laughs> Wonder what that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing have they you, showed have, is I, real. It's in the game. No, it isn't. <laughs> the thing they showed is it's like the first Spider Tank in the Cosmodrome. It's not in the Cosmodrome. Well, it's not at that part of the Cosmodrome. It's not what? in that part of the Cosmodrome. It's in the car park area. Oh, right. Interesting. You, sh- you should go back and watch that video. It's fascinating. Okay. It's really, really interesting. Okay. Interesting. Uh, um, my final one. Yeah, please. Jeremy, take us now, home. You, you might not be very familiar with this. We're going to go way back now. It's the glory days of 2005. Okay. 
We're going all the way back to the Xbox 360 reveal. So this isn't one that you would that you witnessed. No, no I was seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I would have been seven. Uh, I watched this one, I think about nine or ten months ago for the first time. It is very interesting to watch that one. First of all, the most important thing is the slate, the stage that they're in is a big circle and it is slanted at a very awkward angle. <laughs> so everybody is kind of leaning a little bit. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> so uncomfortable. The, it's a circle stage, 360. It all comes around, right? 360 stage. Uh, it was um, someone who went on to work at EA. Um, the English guy at EA who kind of looks a little bit like a supervillain. Um, oh, he works for Zynga now. Oh, uh, I don't know his name. Mm. Uh, EA Zynga. Like a <laughs> oh, what the fuck is his name? EA Zynga exec. I cut all this out. Oh, he left. Oh, no, he fucking runs Man United now. Football mad guy. Uh, so Phil Harrison was there, who was, uh, went on to start Stadia. Oh. P- Peter Moore is the guy. Peter Moore is the English Peter guy. Peter Moore, yes. Yeah. He got brought on, according to Wikipedia, in uh, 2003 to be the vice president. Um, he was very in charge of a lot of the money-making decisions. He's a big money guy, loves his football, then went on to EA traded jobs with Don Matrick, who then went to Xbox, Uh-oh. which is weird because this conference has Don Matrick at it back when he worked at EA. Right. And he, and it's the weirdest, like, uh, what's the fucking game? The, the musical chairs of, like, hmm. people that just went around running different companies. Yeah, that is um, really strange. It is very, very weird. Um, the 360 was brought out in a bag that was placed on a table by like some like by like, like a woman like a in heels or something yeah yeah and it was just unzipped and shown like in all its glory um when people were on stage talking about things there was three people on stage at all times there was like uh, peter moore uh, phil harrison and someone else i don't remember who else was there um they would have to like sit cross-legged behind them on the round slanted stage (laughs) and there's like a 360 degree crowd as well and they're talking about you know they're talking about bringing over xbox live from the original xbox to be this whole new social thing and and it was the it was like i think why this is such a memorable one for me to watch now is that like this was like the beginning of online and consoles this Mm. is before the ps3 we knew that i think the ps3 existed at this point but we didn't know what it was and the PS3 came out like a year after the 360, so they were ahead. It, it, it was a while. It was a while after. Um, 
it was a massive deal to be this online. And they were talking, all of this stuff, talking all about brands, all about, you know, Netflix, all about movies, all about music, tons of stuff. It's a really, really interesting conference to see them talking about what ended up becoming Xbox and like all of gaming, honestly, aside from mm. Nintendo, because they still sort of do whatever they want. Um, it's a really, really interesting one. Um, I definitely recommend going back and just watching it mm-hmm. because there are so many really strange, funny, quirky, and like eye rolly moments. Um, I think Bill Gates was there, or they did a video of him lining up in a chair next to the other guy with a ton of energy. Um, and they were like pretending to line up to buy one or something. It's like, it's a really weird bit. Um, it's in that age where there was still just a bunch of suits on stage trying to sell something. No, but like it was, it, it was, it was past that stage. Cause they were like, Phil Harrison has the corporate makeover where he's wearing a blazer, baggy pants, a, like a shirt. Like 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 a sports jersey. <laughs> it's got like a wonderful haircut and brand new shoes. Like this dude has come like full corporate makeover. Um it is so strange. It is so mid two thousands. Um if someone had asked me to show mid two thousands like fashion, like that is what I would show. Oh my it God. is bonkers. It is so funny. <laughs> um it's a it's a it's a weird conference. It's a really weird one. Mm. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many little things. Like a one of my, I guess, honorable mentions was when they revealed um, Mario Plus Rabbids at Ubisoft in oh. 2017, and then Miyamoto was there, and they had the guns, and yeah, Miyamoto came out with a gun, and then there's the developer who's crying because his game's finally being shown off. Yep, yep. Didn't that guy no, that end up sweet. getting called out for abuse? No, 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 no. Not Michael Ansel. The, the oh, other, you mean the guy the, who did the, Unravel? The, nope. The guy who did Maya Rabbids. Oh, oh, yeah, the designer. That's He's right. in the chair. That's right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Because I just knew that Eve Gilmore was the one on, on stage holding another Rabbids blaster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me and I should have pulled the trigger. Um, <laughs> One of my one of my honorable mentions was Keanu. Um, my other one, I don't know if you've seen this either. How much do you know about the Connectables? Not <laughs> much, but I did see it mentioned today in the roundups I was looking at. The Connectables is a really wonderful conference where it's like it's a game for kids, uh, made by Frontier, who I think did Fable. I think that sounds about no, right. They, no, no, wasn't... no, Planet Planet Zoo. Planet Zoo is what they did. Oh. Um, like the planet coaster stuff, like that. Post connect. Yes. Uh, Thrillville is also what going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Frontier showed off this game where a young child can play with an animal with the power of the connect, and these kids are dancing and doing this. They're acting pretty well, but the game isn't responding correctly. Oh no! And it becomes very clear very quickly that this is all a fake, <laughs> that oh. this is all a facade. None oh. of this is real. Kind of like um, Peter Molyneux's Connect. Milo? Milo, yeah. Milo, yeah. He's like the, the AI kid who's meant to respond and... 
Never real. Never, never once existed. No. Talking about vaporware, that is genuine vaporware. <laughs> yeah, there's so much so much stuff, so much hypothetical th- stuff that never made it. And we're, we're never going to see E3 like it used to be. We like it's in the middle of a very strange moment because of COVID. It sort of accelerated its death. Um, but I want to say the last three years before COVID, things became quite uh, rigid and uh, formulaic, I would say, in a way where they became very safe. We, 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 we didn't see that many surprises and that many exciting things and that many like groundbreaking and like everything that was coming, we were seeing heavily rumored beforehand. Um, yes and no. I think we were seeing different reveals. A lot of the later reveals from Xbox we saw was like backwards compatibility. Yeah, yeah, and original and then Xbox it was, One games, and, then and it like was they game were pass. different reveals. Yeah, yeah, right. And then it was like this: the the One X, and they were talking about Project Scorpio, right? And like that was yeah, cool. Right. But it was hypothetical and, I don't know, it led to a bunch of change, or rather a bunch of, like, conversations in the industry of, like, oh, iterative consoles, what do we think this means, what that's going to look like? But, like, that was such a bad, a poorly kept secret. Same thing with, um, what's, which, what was the, the code name for the PS4 Pro? Was that Morpheus? Uh, no, that was PSVR. Um, was it oh, Neo? PS Neo? Mm. I want to say maybe, but like point being, we like a lot of that stuff was a really poorly kept secret. When you look at that E3 2016, Sony's come. Pardon? Orbis. Orbis. That's oh, no, right. no, 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 sorry. PS4 was Orbis. PSVR was Morpheus. PS4 Pro was Neo. Yes. Okay. It was all, it was all Greek cool. names. My memory still works. But yeah, that nice 2016 one. Sony conference I spoke about, like, Spider-Man, God of War, Days Gone, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 7. Uh, Resident Evil 7, I think we'd heard a little bit of. Uh, Crash, Bandicoot, uh, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Tr- Trilogy. I think nearly all of those were surprises for us. Crash might have leaked. Or we might have been hearing rumors about it a couple of days prior to that. We've been seeing rumors for a long time. But like There that, that was, that was rumors back in 2013 that Crash was going to come back. We didn't know about Spider-Man or God of War or Days Gone. We, knew, we didn't know what that was. We didn't know about we, we Death Stranding. About, we knew about Spider-Man. Oh, we didn't? Yep. I, I certainly did. Le- mm. Leading up to that, like there was a lot of rumor, like Sony's got the Spider-Man game in the works. We didn't know who it was made by. We didn't know who it was made by. That's right. Yeah. I thought because right. me and a lot of people we thought, we thought it was going to be Sucker Punch, right? That's right. Yes, you're right. And then it was Insomniac. That was the surprise. I knew that was, was something. And then it was there. like, and then there was three years before we found out what Sucker Punch were working on. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, they'd only released Infamous a couple of years before. Yeah, but like it was Infamous Second Son, <laughs> First Light, and then it was Ghost of Tsushima. Yep. Yeah. Bookends of the console generation. Oh, God, it's so strange when you think about yeah. it like that, but you're absolutely right. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that little retrospective. I, I enjoyed that. That was fun to put together and think of. Mm. When yeah. I was watching all of the all of the, the videos, I was like, these these aren't things I remember. These aren't the things I care about. But like nailing down the things I did remember and the things I did notice, I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. There was one more thing that I wanted to bring up just back about when you're talking about like how COVID accelerated the death of E3. Many people believe that I think know more information than we do that 
E3 was actually going to be cancelled the year of COVID. Mm. All the way, like proper dead. And then this was an excuse for them to try it again the year after as a digital event. Right, because they um, could have a year off and it didn't... It was an excuse for them to have a year off and it, it not to be a sign of demise. Yeah, it, it didn't look like the end of the world, but it was one of those things where, like, they could use it and then try and fix it. But, mm. like, I think there's a reason <laughs> we're not getting digital E3 and I think is like, it, it might just be proper dead at this point. Last year was so bad. It was fucking terrible. My only E3. <laughs> and it was so fragmented and everyone else was doing their own thing and it was better. No one had any idea what it was. It was the strangest fucking thing. Yep. Yep. Oh, Brands didn't know what it was. Publishers didn't know what it was. <laughs> it was being built on the fly. Things were changing each time I logged in. <laughs> God, that was fun. I, E3, what I love you. I love what you were. I'm sorry to see what you became. And I hope you don't come back as a zombie. E less than three. Like, 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 like heart. a heart emoji? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't tell if that was meant to be like an insult. Like, oh, this is so like bad E3. It's not even, this is like E2. Like, no, 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 no. No. Electro- electronic three. Electronic three, as it will always be remembered. Uh, I hope there's another one. I hope there's like, I hope there's a physical one I can go to. Back in, in 2013 was always, it was always my dream. I always wanted, back when I used to watch fucking Adam Sessler do like E3, you know, interviews. Hey, I, I get it, man. Like those, those E3 times, like when I was talking about those like 2009 demos, those stage demos, like that's a really special time for me, I think, in terms of engaging mm. with games coverage. Um, yeah. I, it's it's never going to be that way again. It never will. I mean, Gamescom has some of that yeah but it doesn't it doesn't hit the same as a as an audience member across the other side of the world as it used to it not not nothing feels as special as it did back then no that is true and um you know if they if 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 it happens again like i'll be happy but i would be incredibly surprised but at what cost (laughs) what cost uh well thanks so much for listening everybody uh as I was saying before, if you want to support the show, you can uh, rate the show on whatever podcast service you get this show. Um, you can also find our other podcasts. We've got our mini disc game club specials on this feed, as well as the pecking order, which is our game pop culture kissability ranking podcast. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash minimap AU. If you want to support us monetarily to help us keep the mics and the lights on, uh, it's a flat $5 now. Uh, and yeah, it's just something for you to consider if you want to, uh, if you want to see when new episodes go live, you can go to Twitter. That's at minimap AU. Uh, you can see whenever every episode goes live, it goes up there. Um, it's also on the website, of course, as well. We're there on Twitter individually. I'm there at KJ Palmer underscore 24. And Jeremy is also there. Uh, at the, the zombie corpse of E3. <laughs> the the uh. shambling wreck. <laughs> <laughs> of I'm electronic the, three i'm at the dead island reveal trailer of e3 <laughs> <laughs> i'm in the the channel between xbox and playstation booths at e3 oh the blue and green channel <laughs> the blue and green channel and then the blue left <laughs> the blue left that's right it was just the green <laughs> <laughs> before covid no wonder they were gonna take a year off i'm at the g fuel stand <laughs> 
I'm over the road at Devolver getting some food. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We had a fun time here. Hope you did too, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>